thank you for joining us on a Friday night because you're on the East Coast. It's yeah. 8 p.m. Yeah. But I appreciate your time, Jordana. Oh I'm happy God. to reconnect. It's, yes. It feels like forever. I know. Uh, you reached out to me, I believe, maybe the summer of 2017. I don't even know how it all happened, but <laughs> you were very persistent. Uh, you were very uh, blunt and you knew what you wanted and you did it and we came together and we did some wonderful things we did an event yeah and then i had the opportunity to be in your book it can be you yeah uh, by yourself but before we get into the details of how we met and the whole concept of your book just give the people listening and who will be watching who is jordana where are you where are you from and how did this all happen for you because uh, i believe you was you were raised in Brazil, right? Or you were yeah. born in Brazil? Yeah. Yeah, no. So first, yeah. I mean, I definitely was because I saw just how much beauty you bring to the world with like your voice and what you're all about. And I remember like learning about you on the Bachelorette, but then seeing so much more to you as a person. And I'm like, I want to know this person because for me, it's all about like people. And I saw that you were the same way. So that was why the persistence came. Um, but I was born and raised in Brazil in Rio. Uh, my parents were born in Egypt and my ancestors come from Tunisia. So I'm quite a, a mix. Um, but growing up with all of these different cultures and heritage, I think because Brazil, there's so much poverty, it always like bothered me as a kid. So like growing up, I was always like, I can't wait to get to a day where I can really give back in a big way. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm from. And when did you come to the States? So you say you were born in Brazil. When did you move to America? I was 13 years old. Um, and I remember I didn't speak a word of English. It was like super tough. Um, but I was 13 and I actually, I learned how to speak English through like reading CD lyrics back. I'm aging myself, but it was the CDs with like the lyrics were yeah. actually funny enough TLC. I was like obsessed. I knew, I know actually to today, every word to every time. So I learned the languages by reading music and reading books. Um, but yeah, I came at 13. 13. And so did you come with your mom and dad? It the whole family came over to America. Came with the whole family. Um, and then when I was like 15, 16, my dad did some unorthodox things and he kind of disappeared. Um, mm. Mom raised me and my three sisters on her own. She's a superwoman for sure. Hey, mama. Yeah. <laughs> so are you the oldest, youngest, middle child? I'm the oldest. Yeah. Okay. So you set the tone. Yeah. You I'm the oldest and I'm the rebel. So I don't. It's so nice that, but I was always a rebel in the family because I always knew what I wanted. I'm very strong headed. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, but yeah. You guys came to New York, right? Were you, did you locate no. in New York? You got here? Where were you? Florida. Okay. Uh, right now I'm in Boca Raton, Florida. I'm in Palm Beach. Okay. Uh, we came here. And then after that, I went to New York and then I moved to California. Then I moved to London. Then I came back to New York. Then I went back to Florida. So I was always like a gypsy at heart, as my family says. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's the Gemini because you're a Gemini in you, right? I, and I think, I think we did your life path number, life path five. Freedom, <laughs> loves change, you know, curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been all over the world. We love it. So diverse, well-read, well-versed. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, let's talk about, I think it was, so before you, 
you knew the, the show I was on or you saw me, what were you doing prior to you and I uh, connecting and building a rapport to do, you know, events and put on opportunities and be a part of your collab and it could be you. Yeah. What were you doing up until that point it's in your life? Because, um, man, like since I met you, so much has happened, but my whole trajectory just started getting in PR and marketing because, yeah, I just, you know, again, my love in this world is for people. And I feel like through PR and marketing, I got to meet so many people, travel to so many places, help so many people grow, scale their business. Like that was always my passion. And I think that one thing that really drove me is that I, I see, you know, sometimes I think people overthink the like the key to success. But in reality, if we just are open to what our mission and purpose is on this earth, like, things just come right it naturally gravitates towards you I'm a big believer in manifestation and all of that yeah. right um but I think you know, I'm firsthand like I mean for 15 plus years I was a solopreneur I traveled around I was able to like live the life that I wanted to live um and through everything that I would do with PR and marketing I always wanted to give back so I would like give to like make a wish, give bones, um, bullying. I would always have a, something that I would give back to. Um, and homelessness is something that affected me from when I was like two, three, just because for some reason, I think it was something in me, but I would see like people on the streets in Brazil growing up. And I remember from the age of two, not knowing anything of anything, I would turn around to my dad and be like, dad, that guy looks like he's cold. Let's buy him a blanket. Dad, let's buy this guy food. Dad, let's, it was something that was like, I want, like, it was something that really like spoke to me. Um, and so later in life, you know, as I like developed PR and marketing, met a lot of people, I was like, now I think I can help with my community. And then I'm very fortunate that it just kept growing. And now with the book coming out at this specific time, which it took a long time, as you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, you know, um, I feel like momentum and timing is everything. So yeah. yeah, and you know, you have a, such a humanitarian spirit, right? And consciousness that you want to give back. I always say uh, the secret to living is giving. And the more we give, the better we live. Because when you accumulate so much, at some point we all going to leave this earth. You want to give what you have. Because it's not enough to have it if you can't share it. And I think with you, you are always persistent on a, not only giving, but getting things done so you can give to something or someone and for homelessness you know you talked about growing up you know in brazil with your dad you know getting someone food or water where did the interest or the intention spark where you wanted to kind of get in the space of helping the homelessness getting their story and doing your research to kind of create the foundation of it can be you and coming up with the concept how did that come about so it's really interesting, actually. Um, I actually grew up um, as a child in a very affluent household. But because of that, I saw the contrast of having everything and literally walking out of my apartment and seeing people that had nothing. And as a kid, it bothered me. I was like, why do I have all this stuff? And this person is like sitting here and it's like just asking for water. Like, it I don't know, it was something that really bothered me. And also because I was growing up, in an affluent household, I saw a lot of fighting in my family. I saw a lot of like, unhappiness. I saw things that weren't great. So I always had this like 
really weird relationship with money. Actually, I would say so about like three years ago, I finally realized that just because you have money, it doesn't mean that bad things have to come with it. You can actually make it be good things. But because I had this like bad relationship with it in the sense that I like all of a sudden was like, you know what? I don't care about material things. I don't care about money. I want to work for free. Like who needs it? Like I just had this really weird, um, but growing up and seeing that and seeing a contrast. So like, and because from when I was also like a teenager, even now, I was in Brazil a few years ago. I'll walk down the street and I would see someone who's like homeless on the street. I actually sit down with them. I remember there was a mom sitting in front of a bank in Brazil with three kids and I was waiting for a taxi and I saw her and I'm like, I want to talk to her. Like, why not? So I just sat next to her and I'm like, hi, what's your name? Your kids are so cute. We had like a half hour conversation. I actually, my, my taxi got there. I just let it keep going. I was going to get another one later because I was really having a great conversation with her. And a lot of people are like, you're crazy. Like for sitting, you know, you don't know if this person's going to have like a boyfriend who's going to have a knife, who's going to not, not, but they're all people. We're all people. We're all things. So, you know, for me, it was just, I think it was growing up with so much, seeing people that had nothing, finding that really unfair and knowing that it was not about how they grew up they didn't a lot of them they don't have the choice it's just the circumstances sometimes gets them in that position and then as I grew up and I decided to go on my own and start like working and stuff and get my own place and whatever I had many moments where like you know because I was young and like foolish I would spend all my money and then rent would come up and I'd be like crap I have zero in my account what am I going to do but because I had family to bail me out I was able to make those stupid choices but what about if you don't have family? What, mm -hmm. what about, you know, there's so many things that we take for granted that we think everybody has, but not all of us have that. So, you know, because I've been through many of those and that was just one thing that happened, but there's been many moments in my life, even when I got older, that I had to leave everything behind it because I made a bad life decision. But again, family bailed me out. So going through all that, I think it's unfair to stigma that's out there because of homelessness. I think if we all like really, really stop and think of our lives, we've all made a mistake. We've all been in a situation of, uh oh, and whatever got out, us out of that, not everybody has that same thing to get out of that. And not everybody has this strong mentality or mindset yeah. to get and get back up. You know, so I just think people have to really think twice before they ignore the homeless and just give them compassion. The moment people start to empathize and, and have compassion toward the homeless, the more they're going to want to help. If they keep the stigma, the negative stigma, and they think the wrong things that are not true, they're not going to want to help because they, they have a different, they have a false vision of what homelessness means. So really, that's why I put the book together. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, perception is most of everyone's reality based on how we see it how we interpret it you know you see someone so you automatically go off what you see and not what you know you judge them and you 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 you, you, you. i used to work downtown uh, at a nightclub as a door guy and i used to have a homeless guy come over and i know he was doing drugs and he was you know doing things he shouldn't be doing but he was always genuine and he always would tell me he's like man man bro you're just so good man you're so good to me you got good energy and I always would ask him, say, you want something to drink? You want some pizza? I would just go, because it was at like in a basement of a bar in downtown LA. So I was at the door and I would just go get him water, get him pizza, just make sure he was good. And the powerful thing about giving him attention and giving him energy, in return, he wanted to give me something. He tried to get people to come to the club. Hey, it's my boy right here. Come in. You know, he would. And 
And he was like, man, he said, sometimes, man, people walk past me. They don't even acknowledge me. They don't even, they act as I'm not even a person. I'm not even there. And he started crying and breaking down. And it was sad because I'm like, I never thought of it like that, right? Because I'm not in that position to see life from his lens, from his perspective. And one thing, anybody that's going to listen to this and everyone's watching this, I had a teachable moment one day. Um, so one of the homeless guys, I guess he had got some money for something like social services. I don't know. He had got a little bit of money. He was like the beginning of the month. He was like, man, it's my boy. Like, let me buy you a sandwich, man. You know, like. And at this time, I'm probably like 25, 26. It's hard for me to receive still. I don't know how to receive from people. And I'm like, oh, man, it's cool. He's like, come on, man. You always give to me. Come on, man. Let me, let me. You know, he was just like begging me to like, I want to give to you. So I was like, guy, right, man, can you go to LA Cafe and uh, I'll take a chicken salad sandwich. Come back. And he gives me the sandwich. At the time, I have a boy at the club trying to get a job at security. He's coming up the stairs. Mind you, I'm out in the front. So God comes back, uh, the homeless guy comes back, and he gives me uh, the sandwich. And in that same instance, like the law of circulation, the law of receiving and giving, he gave me a sandwich. My boy, who was I was trying to get a job, he gave him $20. And in that moment, I learned the power of receiving, right? Because I would want to give but not receive. And, you know, there's an equilibrium but having both. So I say all that to say your spirit of giving has allowed me to receive from you to give me a different perspective on what homelessness is, right? And to understand it could have been me. Yeah. Uh -huh. It can be whoever's listening. It could be anybody. Yeah. But if we're not living from that perspective, we don't look at it like that, it doesn't affect us. And so I think it's important for people not only to know about your book, but to know about your cause and to know about what you're about. And that's why I asked you earlier, this might ask you a more personal question, or do you have problems with being seen? Because I had a vision this morning, bestseller, billboard, New York. <laughs> like, like I get these visions. I'm like, you need to be seen in, in a way where not for accolades, not for success, but for your message, for what you've been through so people can feel it, so they can understand what homelessness is. Even in the guy in the book or the girl, whoever that person was, I wish I knew their name. Because one thing I loved about the story that I got compared with, like, at least they went for it. Mm -hmm. At least they tried. Totally. You know, like, they, they took the chance to, to believe in something greater than themselves and they didn't make it. But that's better than just sitting still. 100%. You know? You know, it's so funny because, and I have a really, like, special announcement to make at the end of this is actually the first time I'm going to announce it. I was thinking, I'm like, do I say it now? Do I wait? But I think it'll be a good time to say it because it's really super cool. So your vision is interesting and I'll tell you why later. Um, but I will tell you this, like I had a really eye-opening moment. It was about, so right now I'm running a business with my husband that's like skyrocketed, like thank God, and a lot of persistence, a lot of hard work. But it's three and a half years in. And when we started the business three and a half years ago, we were putting money out, 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 and money wasn't coming in because it's a new business. And we have two babies. And we had two babies when we started the business. They're four and five now. They were two and three. And I remember it got to a point where we were three months behind in rent. We're like, what the hell are we going to do? So literally, we decided we're like, the only thing that we can do right now is just leave leave everything behind, leave the place, leave all our kids' belongings, leave all of our friends, leave everything behind. We literally each took a small suitcase. We lost everything that we built in two years of the babies. 
And we went to Brazil and we lived with his mom in a one bedroom apartment for eight months. And it was so bad that we, like when we had to buy bread for the, his mom's house that we were staying at, we didn't even have money to buy bread in Brazil. So his mom gave us money to go and buy. It was a really eye-opening experience. But we believed so much in this business that we were building that we're like, no, we're gonna make this happen. We're gonna go through whatever it is that we have to until we get back out on top and go back to the States. And I remember, one day his mom gave me money and I went to go buy bread and I got there. And even though it's the only money I had to buy bread for like my kids and everything for breakfast, there was a lady in front of me. She went to go buy bread and she asked for four loaves. And the guy said, Oh, it's this much. And she's like, take one out. But in that moment, I didn't hesitate to be like, no, no, no. I'll pay for that fourth bread for her. Even though I knew it was going to be one less for me. And I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, I'm a hero for doing that, but I'm a big believer in like, it's a current, right? We all have to help each other because the moment that, you know, and I've always been like that, but after eight months of really struggling and going through like probably one of the hardest things I've had to go through, especially with two babies, because I'm responsible for two other lives. We got back out on top. We came back to the States. Instead of going back to New York, we made the decision to come to Florida because it's cheaper and we built our lives back up. And now it's three and a half years into the business. The business is doing great. We are in our house. So I just, you know, and again, I, I don't think this just happened to me. I'm sure there are many yeah. people that start things, you know, that this happens to. So I just think we all have to think of one another because you can help someone even when you don't have. But when you do that, when it comes to a point in your life where you really need something, the universe will bring it back in like threefold. I'm, I've seen it happen, you know, so many times. And just to give the people uh, context, what year was that when you guys moved back to Brazil? It was like 2018, Let's see, three and a half years. It was 2018, 2000, yeah, end of 2018, and we stayed till like middle of 2019, so not so long ago. Wow. So recent, wow, congrats, mm -hmm. that's Thank big. You. Progress equals happiness. And um, uh, you always say chances make champions. But it's important, you know, for all of us to go through some type of resistance um, to teach us about life, about ourselves, and to character build, right? Because you get to learn something about yourself that you probably didn't know. And I think sometimes when we shy away from the resistance or the pain, we even get more of it or we can't really level up our life, right? Mm -hmm. We can't springboard to the next level. And coming to LA 11 years ago with $1,000 knowing one person, I had to figure things out. You know, I wasn't always in front of the camera or doing, I was always motivated and being positive, but it could have been me. You know what I'm saying? Being homeless. And, and I wanted to feed off of what you're saying. We got to know that giving doesn't always have to be uh, monetary. No. Giving can be your energy. Uh -huh. Giving can be a listening ear. Giving can be eye contact. Giving can be saying hello. Uh, I think I was at Starbucks a few weeks ago, and I think, I think the young ringing up i was just like i like your nails they're really nice nails and like she blushed but her whole energy changed she's like she's like thank you i needed that like, I was like oh those are nice nails yeah but little nuggets like that can change the course of someone's day uh -huh. so thanks to you and it can be you and your uh, um project it's opened my eyes to homelessness and everything i've done in this space because it makes you think um let's talk about the fashion is it innovation? Oh, yeah, yeah. Innovation, right? Yeah. How did that all come about? Because it was like fashion and technology and... 
<laughs> Where did that all come from? You know what's crazy? Dropping a bucket? <laughs> no, I mean, this is the crazy thing. Um, now we're like in partnership with the United Nations. We work with like, we've had speakers like Steve Madden, Kenneth Cole. It's crazy how it exploded. And the craziest thing is that we've had now 600 CEOs and founders speak on our platform, all cold emails, cold wow. emails. Oh yeah, you told me about that in New York. Yeah. Like crazy, right? And like the craziest thing is that people are like, how, like in three and a half years now, like we've become like a reference in technology and sustainability and we don't come from that world. But I, you know, the reason why I think honestly we've grown so much is because we started with the why. Why do we do what we do? Why do we build fashion innovation? We didn't start with the what we're offering. We didn't start with the how we're going to offer it, but why are we doing it in the first place? And I honestly believe that is the only reason why we've gotten to where we are, because when we sent a cold email to Steve Madden, we literally in the email, we're just like, our purpose is to democratize the fashion industry, to make it inclusive so that everyone is part of the conversation. And we think that you can inspire globally. And when you think about it, like, when, when did other, so Steve Madden is probably used to getting all these emails from a ton of people that want him to speak, but they probably all come to him in a different way. They have a hidden agenda. They want him to say something certain or something specific where we really just want them to be themselves. And this is another thing with fashion innovation in a sense, we're humanizing the fashion industry. Like with the book, I want to humanize homelessness. And this is why I said in the beginning, I think we overthink things sometimes. And I think the power of change comes from the human connection, the real human connection. That's so important. And like, it's so simple when you really think about it, but it's not so simple to think about as like, it's weird, you know, but it's so, it's so easy. Like what we're doing now, right? I'm feeling so much energy from you. Like when you sent me the message, when you got the book, it made me so happy. Yeah, I was happy. Right here. I was happy. You're enthusiastic, just like totally. It can be, you know, <laughs> like I was so happy because like these colors, the art, the energy that's vibrating. I was like, wow, I didn't even know you had this photo. I was like, <laughs> I'm so glad I chose it. You know, like it's just the energy that I felt because for me, it feels good to be a part of something that has meaning behind it. You know, I try to live my life with the intentions of legacy, you know, uh, you say you don't hustle for your first name, you work for your last name. Because, you know, that's why I have books and I read a lot and I write and I think because I want it just to be more than just a name with a face who was on a show, right? I want to be an entity, an energy, a vibration to help the universe evolve, heal, and have awareness around things like fashion and technology, have awareness around homelessness and the perception behind it and the stigma and how we can change it. Same, same with suicide prevention yeah. and all these things that I work with and mental health that we have to stop looking at it from how it's perceived instead of get in and perceive it from what it really is. Because there are people just like us, you yeah. know, and I sometimes as influencers or celebrities or people in higher power, the, the masses sometimes forget that there are people too. They're just like us. And they have feelings and they go through things. Yeah. So you totally. put this big old red carpet and you roll it out and you get, they had to wake up. They had to use the restroom and bath. Like <laughs> it's all, it's all relative. So it's just, people just got to like, just wake up just a little bit more and realize like, 
hey, yeah. I got feelings too. I struggle. I suffer. Um, it's not always easy. But guess what? I have a voice. I have a platform. And I have something that I've been gifted with. And I'm going to give it to the world as much as I can. And I think that's what you have, Jordana. You know? And that's why I think you're persistent. You keep going and you keep pushing because you believe you believe more than what you can see, you know? And I feel like that's faith. Most times people believe what they see. <laughs> you believe what you don't see that you know can appear. Yes. Faith, and I think that's important. And, and I then, you know, know, it's beautiful. No, 100%. And I see the same thing in you. And honestly, it's funny you said the whole thing about we all wake up, we all go to the bathroom, because a few days ago I met with someone, like, with a very high stature, and I was really nervous. And my husband was like, don't be nervous. This is what you do. When you see that person, just imagine them. And I'm sorry to use this word. Imagine them shitting in a bathroom. And right, 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 right. You're going to be fine. And then yeah. that, and that's then the realest thing ever. Oh. Because I have a conversation with my cousin about that is that, you know, oh, cancel culture and celebrity this, followers that, engagement that. Listen, when we turn these cameras off, huh, we got to go back and look at ourselves in the mirror. Forget yeah. what the Forbes list say, the stats say, how many rings you have, if you're married, if you live in a, hey, guess what? You got feelings. Yeah. You got emotions. You hurt. You cry. You got pain. You're a human being. And so we always got to realize that no one gets out of life without wounds, right? <laughs> like, no one gets out of life unscathed. Like, you're going to get some wounds on your soul. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're you know, right? Yeah, it's like, so... Yeah. It's, it's, it's important for people to, you know, not only gain perspective and awareness, but be open to something different. Yeah. We're like beating the homeless or, you know, going to events like the fashion uh, innovation and uh, getting a book like It Can Be You, Humanizing Homelessness and doing your research on your company and yourself because we need more conversations like this because this is humanizing our thoughts and our mind. 100%. We don't know what's going to happen six months from now, a year from now. Especially so, in the world that we're living in. So can you speak briefly on what is it like being a mom? Because I think when we met, you was even born with your first child or you were yeah. just about to have it, I think, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, now I have a four and a five-year-old, which is crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. It's the best best thing in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's a lot of work. It's a lot yeah. of responsibility. Um, but at the same time, you really get to mold I'm a big believer in impact. So like everything I do with them, even when, you know, something small, like they'll have a bite of an ice cream and then they'll be like, I don't want it anymore. And then I'm like, guys, before you ask for something, make sure you really want it because there are people that are hungry and they don't have that same ice cream. So even though they're four and five, I already say that to them. And the same thing, like, you know, with toys, when they have like, they get too many gifts. I'm like, okay, let's look at things that you're not playing with anymore. Let's give it away. So like, you can you can really create like little people that it will become bigger and they'll be able to you know make impact as well. So that's yeah. super that, that beautiful. Now that statement is uh, uh, is that a slogan? Did you tag that or coin that in one of your books no. website? Because no, hear me out. You said make sure you. What do you say? Make sure you want something before you ask for it. Something yeah. like that. Okay? Yeah. That's what you said, right? And so basically, I think that rings bells in all genres of life and all things, you know, because most people want success. They want love. They want happiness. They want fulfillment. They want money. But if they never had it, they don't know what it takes to get it. 
or they don't understand what it is to have it. Yeah. And then get it and it's not what they really want. Yeah. So that is very intentional of you to tell your kids that at a young age because that's putting in their mind and subconscious that like, do I really want to eat right now? Yeah. Do I really want this job or, or I'm saying I want it because it sounds good? Do I want to be married? Do I want to go to college? Yeah. Because when you come from that place of, I feel like you're just thinking out loud, you live a more clear life. Yeah, totally. Because you know, when I was working uh, in corporate America and I was working for like, you know, big corporation as a manager or whatever, <clears throat> we would have a break. And at your break, you go on your break, you have food. And then I realized when I quit the job to work for myself, I had all this time because I was trying to create a new life. I wasn't really hungry as much as I thought I was. But on a job, they make you and program you to believe that you should eat when it's lunchtime or break time. So a lot of things that are given to us or how we operate is from a program, yeah. from something uh, we've been conditioned on. And I just, I just love that for your kids because that makes them more aware of yeah. what they're asking for and that everyone doesn't have the opportunity to ask for anything. Yeah, you know? no, totally. And even like my five-year-old bought a sweater a few days ago and then she loved it. And then the second day she went to school, I'm like, it's cool to put a sweater on. And she's like, I don't like it. I'm like, but you just bought it yesterday. She's like, everyone in class told me that I'm wearing my mom's sweater. So then I looked at her and I'm like, are you a leader or are you a follower? Uh, I was like, you're a leader. You're wearing a sweater and be like, it looks good. And I don't care what you say. If you're a follower, you don't wear the sweater. It's up to you. And yeah, yeah. That, and you could see, I mean, she's only five, but she looked very confused. But it made her think for a minute. She didn't wear the sweater, but still, like, <laughs> yeah. because I think it's, so that's the fun part. It's really, you get to create these little humans. And, you know, what you put, when you, what you teach them is what a lot of it is going to be their influence when they get older, you know? Um, yeah. It's amazing. It is, again, a lot of work. Um, and it definitely changes your life. I mean, I live for them now. That's, that's yeah. my. You know, you got, I always say, you know, if you can, you should have offsprings because, you know, later in life, you want something to live for. Yeah. If your career, no profession doesn't keep you busy. And over my time, like my, I have four, three nephews and a niece. And what I discovered from kids, kids don't respond to what you tell them. They respond to who you are. Yeah. So nephews, for instance, he doesn't like eating his vegetables. Right. So his dad or mom would FaceTime me to get him to eat. Like, go, Uncle E. But, you know, the energy I would give him and, a, and the charisma and then to get him to think, he would eat it. Yeah. But at the same time, I realized it's not because I'm his uncle, it's because of who I am. You know, it's like, because I'm like, I'm going to have some with you, nephew. Like, <laughs> it was a good Uncle E. Look, 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 I work out. Remember when we do the push-ups together? That's what happened. You do push-ups, you play the game. Like, you got to give them a story, a narrative that makes sense to their psyche for them to be like, yeah, like, yeah, you got tired in the basketball game. Remember, you didn't eat your veggies. You got to eat the veggies. You know, it's like they get and they start thinking like you know, like you made a Like, you're, are you a leader or you're a follower? So it's important to, like, give kids the gift that we got or didn't get as young adults or young children and – I'm just happy for you. I'm proud of you, Jordana. You've been so consistent. And even when you reached out to me, I don't even know. I think you, yeah, he's like, did you, have, did you ever get the book? And I was like, no. And he's like, <laughs> I didn't even say anything. You just took action. And then like three weeks later, I got two books in the mail. And so that's one thing I love about you. You're about that action. You take an action. 
I'm going to, uh, okay, cool. What's your address? Done. Done and done, done, you know? I have to tell you, so like two, a few things of the book that I have to mention, then I'm going to tell you a really cool like surprise that I think you're going to love. I hope you're going to love. Um, so one, um, the book could not have been published. It couldn't have been, it couldn't have come to fruition had it not been for Susan Rockefeller, who actually came on board as a partner when she found out about the project and helped me fund the entire publishing deal without her, would not be here. So She's amazing. Susan um, Rockefeller, who is that, by the way, for too, too many of us who don't know? Susan Rockefeller is the the wife of the last standing Rockefeller from the Rockefeller. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. How, how, yeah. how did that connection come out? Yeah. Like, that's great. <laughs> so, super grateful for her for that. She's amazing. She's so humble. Right. Incredible. Um, and then the cover of the book was actually an artist, Jason Naylor who's really famous for like street art in Manhattan and Brooklyn. You see his stuff everywhere, all about love, positivity, hope, incredible. Um, so that was the cover. And of course, the 47 influencers yourself made it happen. It wouldn't have happened without you guys. Um, but the one really cool thing that I have to share is that so 30% of all the profits of the book are going to Help USA which is actually the organization in New York and it's run by the Cuomo family, by Governor Cuomo and his family. The really good news is that two nights ago, I was in New York and I met for dinner with Maria Cuomo, who's the sister to Governor Cuomo, who's yeah. Kenneth Cole. And she's a filmmaker on top of everything else that she does. And she said that she wants to create a docu-series on the book. Mm. is actually going to LA in about a week and she wants me to introduce her to a few people that are in the book aka you being one of them and yeah. he's gonna already be with her filmmaker and they want to create a movie um docu-movie on the book so it's super super exciting oh yeah I definitely want to meet him because as soon as you said that I got visions of I love Bro, that's one of my favorite that. things you're a gonna be in that in yeah the documentaries docu series yeah. because it's so raw so real it's, it's in the moment yeah fun she wants to get the stories she wants to dive deeper into the stories and then she it's gonna be amazing so yeah. the first time i'm saying it out loud so i'm super yeah happy. congratulations that'll be broadcast on every platform yeah. <laughs> and to you know spotify to apple music to google you know it's because i'm on youtube so hey you guys yeah. be for it can be you docu series. By the way, I was curious. So the people that were compared in the book, I uh, I noticed they didn't have a name next to them. Do you have that contact, or you, do you keep in touch with some of them? Like, what's the history on the people? Did yeah. they get better? Did they become? Did they get back on their feet? I'm just curious. So this is the thing that I couldn't do. So I did it all on my own, and I didn't have the funding to really help them get out of. They, I sat with them. I gave them a meal. I gave them a pair of socks, and I got a street team, and we got their stories. A lot of them don't want photos taken. They don't want videos. They don't share that much personal information. There's one video that I was able to capture that's on YouTube of yeah. a homeless that's pregnant in the sub in the what is it the, in New York City at the Port Authority. Um, but a lot of people they don't want to give that information. I do have the locations where each story was transcripted. They could still be there, but I don't know. But that's why I really. You know, that's why Help USA for me is somebody that I, I'm hoping they can take that second step because yeah. I want to create like the awareness 
And then I wanted to be able to not just stop at the book, but get these stories going, put the stories on a platform, continue to bring voices like you and other influencers that have a platform to uplift their voices. And then when I do get their stories, be able to be like, hey, help you with saying, I just interviewed this person. This is their story. Can we help him and his family or can we help him? So that would be the ideal scenario. But I didn't have all of that like put together when I wrote the book, unfortunately. Well, I always believe, you know, at the right time, the right things happen. And if, you know, you have somebody on board who wants to do a film, I think that's just going to transcend and really take it to the next level. In the minds and hearts of people in the world to know that, you know, it can be you, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be the way it is. Because I've met homeless people who love their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Some yeah. of them just, they don't want responsibility. They like you know, the assistance they might get from government or housing, whatever, you know, but they do deserve acknowledgement when you walk past them. They do deserve some type of, uh, you know, attention. They're people. So yeah. I think if you shift the paradigm through your lens, through your perspective um, about homelessness and humanizing it and getting people to understand a real uh, perspective on what it's about, maybe we can have more compassion and grace throughout the universe and maybe that can transcend in other worlds and other countries to see what it's about, what it, what it is, what is it about being homeless? Why people are homeless and our views and perspective on it? Because maybe there are people who are homeless, but they're happy. We don't think about that. You know, there are people who have homes and are not happy. So yeah. I'm not comparing, I'm just saying it's all perspective and it's time for us to kind of like pull the curtain back and kind of look from a different eye lens and it's, it's important. So no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. And I'm really excited because I couldn't think of a better person. I mean, I knew of her, but when I met her two years ago, I was really impressed. She really has a huge heart and she works with a lot of different foundations, Help USA being the primary one. But just the fact that she wants to invest in creating this film and doing it all like, you know, herself, possibly bringing Susan Rockefeller because they're friends and she's also a filmmaker. So that would be amazing. Yeah have the two of them come together in that. But regardless, I think like putting that in a visual way where people can watch and see people speak and hear stories um, and have that comparison in a visual setting, I think will be really powerful. So I'm super, when she told me, I was like, I literally only flew out to meet her because she kept, she was actually texting me and going after me like, hey, I want to create this film. Hey, I want to create, like, it was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to go and meet with her, you know? So super cool and and I, I i have really big visions for it i'm bummed that i didn't get to put the attention on the book when it came out that i wanted to because i had to put time into the business because i have to feed my family in order to keep doing these things so it was yeah. like you know but now luckily we have a team so i'm gonna start taking some time to fully focus on the book because we've sold about 360 copies so far but uh -huh. i want I think we could do so much more. And I think I just. Yeah, for sure. And you can do something like affiliate marketing. Yeah. You, know, you can get people like links and do like little discount codes to swipe up. Yeah. Um, do little 15 second or 30 second videos, put some ads behind it. Yeah. So many things you do. Because even with my book, my intentions were to sell 100 copies in a month. Right. So I did that. And then I sold another 100 copies. But it was all just constantly on, you know, Instagram. You know, yeah. boom. But once you get that momentum and you, <clears throat> people buying, yeah, you feel good. And then you yeah. know, you know the 
marketing strategy or the sales thing is it, it takes people at least between seven or 11 times before they really pay attention to what you're posting for them to kind of like and buy it. Done a good job at posting enough and this is yeah. why i'm grateful to you because this is this actually has like i told our coo at our company i was like i need two days a week off to fully focus on the book and i do that but you pushed me when you when i get a message i'm like no like i can't stop i can't wait anymore and that's when i like booked my trip to new york i met with her about the film i'm doing this with you and i'm like this is the time and i can't like you know of course i still have to work but this really has like it's really important this whole thing is really important so and i appreciate you so much for that because your excitement really go like you're very you're a very special soul in the sense that when you like when you say something yeah. it, it really comes from your heart so i appreciate you so much because it's like you know sometimes to be honest to be transparent sometimes i'm so much in my world that i'm not aware of the things i've experienced or done because, you know, in this town, in this world, sometimes it's all about, okay, what's next? And then that really triggered, triggered me in a great way and say, man, look at this, man. Like, you know, like, look, like you have, you're in a book with something that has meaning and a cause behind it. And so it made me appreciate the connection we built, the time we built it, and for me to put the time and energy into it, to have it, to say, I have you know, nephews, I have relatives, I have people that I love and say, listen, this is someone that you know from Baltimore, or I grew up this way. It could be you, it could have been me, but I kept going. So let's not take nothing for granted. Let's not take ourselves or people that are homeless. Give everybody respect, love everybody from the kindness of your heart and show up. Because Jordana, that you are a true example of showing up, being authentic, being persistent and yeah. doing what you think is best. Thoughts become things. You had a thought, a vision, and now you brought it to fruition. And now it's gonna be global. You know, and now I said the vision I got this morning, I'm like, cause yesterday I had a, I had an interview on live and uh, the lady's name is Gina uh, DeVee and she talks about being visible and about being seen. And when I see you, I see bestseller. I see you in a nice business suit, smiling with your book. Mm -hmm. I see you billboards in New York. I see you uh, having a talk show. I see you um, coaching and, and, and motivating and, and having a charity that helps homeless people get back Thanks. into life, into living. I see you getting them counseling and therapy. Like I see these things, I feel these things, right? I'm very like empathic and I don't know. It's just like your name and just your essence and where you come from, what you've been through. And so I just want to say, I'm thankful for you and all that you bring and uh, you know, I just want you to know you got what it takes to get where you want to go. And it, it might not happen right now, but it's going to happen because we're speaking on it. Yeah. And what we speak, we read. And so I'm just honored to kind of just have you here and just talk and catch up because it's been so long. And my life changed a lot in different ways, but I'm understanding my purpose now. I know my purpose here on earth. And I yeah. know I'm here to perform lives and I'm a messenger and I'm here to help people heal and evolve and also shine light on authenticity and be transparent. Like, do we suffer? Yes. Does things get tough? Yes. Like everyone has it, this microwave success and it's easy. And it's like, no, like all those books back here, I probably read about 80% of them. But when people see me like, oh, you're amazing. Like, you know how much time I pray, I meditate, I work. I do a lot of work to present myself so I can help people in need. But at the same time, it works when you're working.
Oh, I have so, to say, you're amazing, right. really. And everything you said, I took it, I accepted it, and I totally believe it coming from you. I really do. You talking, and I'm yeah. like, now I really believe it. You have a way of doing that. And yeah. I definitely, we shouldn't just wait for another opportunity to do this, to keep in touch. We have to keep in touch more often because... No, sure, because I, I have another vision. My visions keep coming through because yeah. I know you are. There's an agency called Scouts Agency. So they send me a lot of podcasts guests and, and interviews on IG Live and it's women's based. You could, you should look it up. I know the owner. I interviewed her. Her name is Scout Sobel. And um I think I don't know if you want to run PR, but I think you should go on tour and do like fifteen to twenty podcasts and talk about your foundation. Talk about it can be you. Get on a local news station in New York. LA, you know, like get it out there again. Like let's re reboot it. But you news know it's in a book. Uh, do a post, no out of vision to you and then I know we can keep going but we'll do it. I'm gonna throw back out at you I don't feel like I should be the only one interviewed in a book I feel like all of us everybody in a book should so I think like what will be super cool is getting these press opportunities which I have the press context I just have to go after them so going after them and then let's say one of them picks it up and they say I want to do an interview instead of me doing it I could be like hey for this interview, Eric Baker would be perfect for it. For this interview, let's put this person here. I could do a few of them, but I think it's a collaboration. Oh, and yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Because I, I, I believe older get, you just, you, this book just put things in perspective. I don't care who you are. It's going to make everyone, like, say someone like Shaq sees this book. Just never know what the impact it'll have on someone like that. Like, this need, people need to know about the book in such a meaningful way. Thank you. Well, great. Just want to say thank you for being here. Is there anything else we should know about? Whatever social platforms are you on? How can people reach out to you? What, are you, what else are you working on? Any, any new projects outside of the doc documentary? Um, you got the business with your husband. You got the kids. <laughs> anything else? Where can we go get the book? That's another. So the book is Amazon.com. Amazon yeah. are but Amazon is quick. It's easy. Yeah. Um, Amazon. And what I want to do, actually, so, like, as far as, like, anybody can reach out to me. I love talking to people. But what I would love to do is anybody watching this that wants a copy or listening after to the podcast that wants a copy of the book, the first five people that send me a message, you could just DM me. You don't have to follow me. Just send me a DM and be like, hey, I listen to your podcast. I would love to send a book as a gift. Actually, it's something that I've been doing. I have, like, boxes of it at home. So when I go to the airport now, I take a few in my bag. And I'll just walk around randomly and then I'll see somebody and I'll be like, oh my gosh, this person looks like they would like the book. And I just feel it. I'm like you. I just, and then I go up to them and I'm like, hey, I just wrote a book and I give you a copy. And they're like, okay. And then they take it and it starts conversation. This book is supposed to be a conversation. So I would love to give five copies away. Um, and yeah, I would just love to. Oh, there you go. So Deanna Volk actually bought one of the books. She says she has it in her coffee table book and that she loves to design and she tells everybody to get one and she just put the link there. So thank you, Deanna. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, like, this is such a pleasure. I really adore you as a person. I think you're amazing. And thank you so much because you really just inspired me again. And now... Oh, you know, it's miracle season. <laughs> but I don't, come on! Let's do it. What are we doing? Let's go. The moon, are we? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, 
no. I just I get inspired by things that touch my heart that mean something to me because I know what it's like to feel alone and I know what it's like to be lonely at times. So I can only imagine someone who at times doesn't have the mental fortitude how how I can break them down and just, and they just want to give up, right? And so if I see something where I can add my energy or my value, I want to lift it up and give people perspective. Say, come on, man, let's all donate. Let's all get a book. Um, let's talk about it. Yeah. You know. So thank you. This was amazing. Um, let's keep in touch. Let's keep. And it. Husband, I said hello. Hug the kids, I the little ones. Hey. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I'll I'll share this, and it'll be up um, in the podcast space sooner than later. And I'll let you know, but thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. I know it's getting late over there on the East Coast, so I'll let you go back to your family and uh, be great. And uh, let's continue to connect and evolve. So yeah. thank you. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you. And I cannot wait for the movie with you in it. And yeah, planning some things in New York. We're going to see each other soon. So I'm yeah. sure. I love New York. I haven't been in two years. So I got to get back. All right. Awesome. Nice to see you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, all right. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Jordana Gurumadis, it can be you. Get the book. Get the book. I'll share this. The link will be in my story. Um, to all the listeners of the podcast, thank you for tuning in once again. Follow her at uh, I am Jordana, J O R D A N A, Gurumadis. I hope I said that right. G U I M A R A E S. All right. You guys be great. You be safe. You have a beautiful weekend. Be the best you can be. Love yourself unconditionally. And don't look down on anybody that has less than you, especially not homeless people. Because we got to humanize and develop a different stigma and conversation around being homeless. That's all. That's it. Bigger Talks. IG Live episode uh, is complete with Ms. Jordana. Good to marry us. I'll see and talk to you all soon. Be great. Peace.